to the Yimba Reviews Everything Podcast. I decided to keep the theme from last week, thanks to bensound.com. Uh, I would love to use some of my favorite songs as the themes, but as of right now, I'm still trying to figure out the whole fair play thing, and it's got me a little freaked out, and I'd rather have a legit podcast that can stay up on SoundCloud and iTunes than get something pulled due to 10 seconds of a song. That being said, I would like to thank you again for listening in. Uh, I am going to try to make this better and better each and every time. If you did happen to listen to episode one, first of all, thank you very much. Um, But you may have noticed that the audio levels, my voice was a little too low. And that's because I'm still getting used to GarageBand and working it out. Uh, I also bought a new microphone, which... I, it, the mic is fantastic, but I messed around too much, too much tinkering, um, and kind of screwed around, which caused the lower volume level. So I think I've corrected all my mistakes by essentially not doing any of the tinkering. So it should sound a lot better from here on out. But like I said, thank you very much for tuning in. Moving right along, uh, we're going to dive right in with movies as our first topic. We also have a new video game to discuss and talk about, and then a little bit of everything to close things out. You're also going to get to hear from my illustrious wife, Bailey, as she claims she's willing to chime in here and there when she hears something worth chiming in about. With that, we're going to go into movies. Uh, I would like to rank, maybe not even rank necessarily, but discuss some of my top superhero movie villains. Last week, I mentioned that I was going to be Batman for Halloween. Technically, this is my second go-around as Batman, but if you can be Batman, then you're Batman. Um, But in in all seriousness, I I updated the costume a little bit. So Saturday, we were going to meet up with our nieces and obviously our brothers and sisters uh, to go to a Halloween parade. So I was already in the Batman frame of mind. Bailey's flipping through the channels and happens to stumble on the 1989 Batman movie, which is my Batman. That is my favorite Batman movie. It's my favorite Batman. When I think of Batman, it's Michael Keaton in the black. We uh, were right near the end of the movie, so we kept on the last 20, 30 minutes. It was essentially the, the climax of the movie. They're up in the church. But what got me thinking about this is that Jack, Jack Nicholson is so good in that role. The dialogue is is amazing. The writing was great. That I'm able to overlook some of the choices the movie made, based, you know, on the character's backstory, in order to tie him into Bruce Wayne. But then that got me on another tangent, which is something that you just have to get used to. Uh, I went through a whole comic book purist stage when the superhero movies first made their resurgence with X Men and then Sam Raimi's Spider Man. But I kind of came around on, on the idea that it has to be exactly like the comic books because you want a good movie. I know I want to sit down and watch a great movie when I go to the theaters, when I rent it on demand, if I buy the Blu-ray. I want to love the movie. So I'd much rather a writer take some liberties in order to make the, the character work on screen than just follow blindly to what was on the pages. Another quick example is Peter Parker in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. The fact that he has um, the ability to spin webs from his wrists as opposed to web shooters, no problem there. I never had an issue with that. 
So um, same thing with like the fantastic, the most recent Fantastic Four movie. Now, I'm I haven't seen that because I heard it's a dumpster fire, but my issue with it was that it was terrible and not because of the casting choices. If they need to alter the characters or storylines to help them better fit the story they tell, then I'm all for it. So speaking of the Joker and Jack Nicholson, uh, they're my all. That's it. The Joker is my top movie villain in terms of these superhero movies. And that's both the 89 movie and the Dark Knight. So I already kind of talked about Jack Nicholson. And then obviously you move over to Heath Ledger. So much has been said about his performance in other places. I mean, it's captivating. It's mesmerizing. He would give me goosebumps every time. I mean, that's with multiple viewings. Every time he's on the screen, he's captivating. Um, they're both so good, and they've they both made their stories so great that I'm lumping them together. They're phenomenal. They're the best. I'm starting this out with the tippity top. Nothing gets better than the Jack Nicholson Joker and the Heath Ledger Joker, two very different but amazing performances. So the, my rating, they get a perfect five out of five acid flowers. But that's not all. We have some other ones that uh, came to my mind. Um, I mentioned the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. Uh, the first one was good with, with the Green Goblin. Uh, the costume, not the best for Norman, but um, I thought the better villain of that series was from Spider-Man 2, which was Dr. Octopus. Uh, Alfred Merlina portrayed such a, a loving husband and also mentor to Peter. And he wasn't doing... He he didn't turn evil um, for evil's sake. He wasn't going through with his experiments for fame. He was doing it for the betterment of humanity. And just like in wrestling, the best heels are the ones that truly believe what they were doing is right. And Dr. Octopus was no different. And, and it just Melina just gave a tremendous performance. Um, so I'm giving him an appropriate four out of five metal arms. Then uh, two more left for you. The next one is uh, Lex Luthor from Superman 1 and 2. And he is played by the iconic Gene Hackman. And if you ever go back, which I suggest if you haven't seen him in a while, go back and watch it. Gene Hackman, every time he's on screen, his charisma just takes over. Uh, it's, it's a testament to Christopher Reeves that he was able to even hang with him, in all honesty. Uh, but anyway, the Lex Luthor character is so good. There's, uh, there's some great storylines where he runs for president in the comics. Um, I'm just really hoping that Jesse Eisenberg can hold a candle to Gene Hackman. I know they're going for a different version of Luther and just in terms of how he's portrayed. So uh, as long as they are really banking and pushing on that genius level intellect, I'll be all right with it. So for my uh, Lex Luthor, my Gene Hackman Lex Luthor, I'm giving him a three out of five kryptonite shards. And lastly, my uh, this is uh, jumping from the past to the present. We have Loki with Tom Hiddleston. And he's the reason that he's on a list because just like Gene Hackman, just like Heath Ledger, their charisma just, I mean, it literally fills the screen. So his charisma meter is like through the roof. Um, when you go back and watch the first Avengers, it's not that great of a movie necessarily. Uh, I, I really 
don't even care for the first 45 minutes of it, but Loki makes it work. Uh, even Spader, he did a nice job in Ultron, but you could tell that Loki's presence was lacking. And I even heard, or I remember reading something about um, from Joss Whedon online, where he said he filmed the whole thing, a whole feature, a whole scene with Tom Hiddleston. Um, but he had to cut it because not only would it have been too much, but people would have thought that Loki was pulling the strings behind the entire movie. While his presence was lacking, I totally understand the decision to leave him out. But Loki, I can't wait for his next appearance. Uh, I believe it will be in Thor Ragnarok. I think that's how you say it. Uh, And my rating for him is four and a half out of five horned helmets. Next up, I would like to mention some movies my wife and I watched this past Saturday night. Uh, I know as a society, we are going full steam ahead on Christmas. But for those of you still clinging to fall and Halloween, here's a couple that you may want to check out this weekend. Um, the first one is available on HBO Go. We were searching around for some Halloween movies on our streaming sites. And um, we found Trick or Treat. And it came out in 2007. Um, I was very surprised to see Anna Paquin in a role because, you know, she's a bigger star now. But this was a very small bit role for her. Um, of course, every time she was on the screen, we made true blood jokes. Um, it's also came, came across like a comic book movie or a movie based on a comic book. Um, before comic book movies became, you know, superhero films, uh, the studios felt the need to hit everything with like the comic book style text boxes and bubbles and everything. So we, I just assumed it was based off of a, a series. Uh, turns out a comic book series was based off of the movie. So the movie actually came first here. Um, then in this, the, the way the movie is set up is that there's all these independent, uh, little stories. They're all told out of chronological order, but they all kind of tie together by the ends. Uh, similar to Sin City, uh, same kind of setup. And again, overall it was a silly but passable way to spend our time while we waited for real trick-or-treaters. Um, wife, what did you think? Um, trick-or-treat was okay. Um, it was a Halloween movie, and it was the actual Halloween night, so I was glad that we finally got to watch something Halloween, because it made it feel more like Halloween, since this is the first year that we haven't had a party to go to, or haven't right. dressed up, or haven't hosted something, or gone to a friend's house, so... It was lacking the Halloween spirit this year. Right. Until we decided to start watching some Halloween movies. So that really got us into the Halloween mood. Agreed, agreed. Um, So I'm going to give this a, you know, as a movie, not the best, but it is something that is, you know, worth watching on Halloween or if you're in a Halloween mood. So I'm giving it a two out of five gory deaths. And then the other movie we watched following that, um, the quick setup is... I wanted to watch Supergirl, which is the new show on CBS, and we had to DVR'd it. I wanted to put it on, you know, bring it up on demands, but my wife had the remote, and she was clicking through and found Hocus Pocus. It wasn't by accident. I knew what I was <laughs> for, and I knew that I'd be able to find it on She ABC She went right to ABC Family, I yeah, that's did. true. Um, so I had never seen it before, which was shocking and almost disgusting Did to her. Did you say what movie it is yet? Hocus Pocus. 
don't think you said. Oh, that. I did. I said hocus. Oh. The movie is hocus pocus. <laughs> this is what we're discussing at this point. So, um, I didn't want to see it because I'm 33 and I'm an adult male that just saw Bette Midler and those buck teeth, and I, I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. So I wanted to go to Supergirl. I got vetoed. Um, um, actually, you just turned it on. I did just put it on. Like letting me have a say. You just took my hocus pocus, That's the true. remote, put Supergirl on on demand, and thought that I'd be just perfectly fine with it. You know. Right. So, uh, in protest, she, Bailey then called her sister on As Facetime. I always do. Right. Facetime uh, is the best thing <laughs> to get my way. So I had to pause Supergirl, and while it was paused, as you know, um, those of you with, you know, like, that can watch stuff on demand, it can only stay paused for so long. So then it kicked back to live TV, so it kicked right back to Hocus Pocus, which gave Bailey this, like, hands-in-the-air, she-won-the-Super-Bowl thrill. (laughs) So, um... I finally relented and, and, and actually then became excited because she started telling me why this story, why this movie means so much to her and you know in her childhood. So, so actually, I basically just guilted him until he let me watch it, and he just was like, "Fine." But no, but then your stories were super cute. Be- um, I'm sure they were. So the story behind Hocus Pocus is that now that I looked it up, Hocus Pocus came out in 1993. That was when I was in first grade. Um, my sister was in third grade. We went to go see it with my parents in the movie theater, I think, like, two or three times in our local theater, which was a big deal. Which is, yeah. We loved it. I don't it see was, anything in the theater twice now, let alone even once. <laughs> yeah. And my parents loved, like, we, everybody loved it. It was, like, the movie. It was so funny. Bette Midler's great in it. Mm-hmm. The characters are all hilarious. There's music. There's dancing. It's Halloween, and there's not that many good Halloween movies that aren't like scary. Um, so we went to go see it and I really enjoyed it. And that year my sister and her two friends dressed up as the Sanderson sisters. And my sister was the Sarah Jessica Parker character. And you know, the one who like loves her boys. And I just remember having such a great Halloween that year and my sister and her friends acting like the, the sisters and using lines from the movie and doing all of that. So it's a really cute movie. It is very cute. and. And, as a young girl, I was just thinking about this, mm-hmm. um, Thackeray Binks. Oh, Thackeray. Thackeray, who gets turned into a cat. Spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> um, in the first scene, oh, spoiler alert, he gets run over by a bus, which was like the most traumatizing thing as a child to have to watch. But then he, it's okay, he survives. He does survive. He can't die. Right. Um, just brings back so many great feelings and so many great memories when I think about Hocus Pocus. Right. It was... And we watched it every year. My sister and I watched it every single year up until I met probably Jimmy. So, um, And we've been together for a little while now, and we've never seen it. So I actually felt very badly that I've been holding this. Uh, like, not even intentionally, because I didn't know. Um, but then I felt like a jerk for actually trying to withhold this from her until I heard all these stories. And they were great. And, um, this was like one of the few times where we're watching a movie together and I do not mind the DVD wife commentary. Mm. <laughs> he says that. Yeah. Cause I, anybody who, well, basically only Jimmy that I do this to, cause I hold back with other people around. I do not stop talking the entire time we watch movies, mm. like with my own commentary. So I figured you'd be good at this. <laughs> you know, yeah. Just like the talking mm. thing. 
Um, so, overall, the movie itself uh, was much better than if you compare it to another, you know, Trick or Treat as a Halloween movie. Uh, this gets a three to five Dead Men's Noses, but I'm also going to additionally re- review my experience of watching it with my wife and hearing all these stories, uh, and I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I'm <clears throat> giving it a 5 out of 5 flying vacuum cleaners. Um, I'm going to veto that, and I'm going to give it 5 out of 5 black flame candles, Ooh. Um, because you're wrong, and it's the best movie for Halloween ever, so a 3 is not enough. You're giving other stuff 3.5. Think about that. That's Well, yeah. I think many people would be angry at you if How they w- found out that you were giving... <laughs> The classic Hocus Pocus, such a low rating. And well, you're giving other things like Arrow and stuff higher ratings than that. That's ridiculous. Yeah, but it's Yimbo reviews everything. <laughs> it's now time for the everything portion of the show. It's literally in the title, so that's why uh, I am going to have this on the episodes where I'll basically include anything that doesn't fit into nice little category titles. Uh, so, for instance... This first review here in this section is going to be on Halloween. Uh, Before, Bailey and I were talking about um, watching movies while we waited for (sighs) trick-or-treaters. That was a utter disappointment. Um, So a little background here is that uh, my wife and I have always been the party throwers. um, But now we're at this age where the majority of our friends and family have children, um... I mean, we all kind of have responsibilities before, but, you know, you, it's Halloween, so you make you make do. Um, but we also used to live in, like, a small... I don't want us to call it a city. Morristown? It wasn't necessarily it's a city, like but a, small. It's a hip little town with yeah. bars and restaurants. And- right. So it basically lent itself to having people over, because then you can, you know, change locations. And, um, yeah, now we live in a home in suburbia, as do all our other friends. So... Since we weren't going to throw the party, no one else did. <laughs> I think the reason why we didn't throw the party is because um, there wouldn't really be that many people who would be able to partake in festivities this year. True. Um, everyone kind of has their own things going on. They all have kids. They want to take them trick-or-treating. It was a Saturday. They want to spend time doing that, going to parades. Things right. Like that. So our Halloween party just kind of didn't happen. I do love, at least, I won't call it my favorite holiday, but I do love dressing up for Halloween. That's always been my favorite part. Which, I mean, that's... Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, Batman two times. Um, So, that's why I kind of, like, knowing we weren't going to throw a party, that's why I went a little overboard um, at school the, the day before. So anyway, we, we, we were really excited to be like, okay, you know, we're going to hang in. It's our first Halloween in our house, in our new house, because we, we bought this last December, and hand out candy, and we were all super pumped. But not one trick-or-treater not came one. to the door. Not even one. No. And I was, like, at the door. You were dancing around antsy, waiting for people. And I got nothing. No. It was the saddest thing. It was. Uh, so, I mean, you heard us talk about watching the movie before. Obviously, the night itself was... I still enjoyed myself. By the time it hit 8 o'clock, I, like, all my hopes and dreams had gone Yeah. Because I just have always looked forward to handing out candy. I don't know why. It just feels like such an adult thing to do. And mm. 
we bought all this candy and now we've just been eating it. Yeah, it's not, it hasn't been good for the old, the old waistline. Starburst. <laughs> you guys are delicious. So, uh, I don't know. Because, because of the lack of party, the lack of trick-or-treaters, um, I'm going to have to go ahead and say that even though I did enjoy the night overall, uh, because of, you know, we got to hang out, I think that uh, with all those other downers, this particular Halloween gets a uh, two out of five carved pumpkins. There's Halloween for 2015. Not the best. Uh, it seems like if we split the difference, it was a one out of one, one and a half out of five. So hopefully yours was better. Um, moving on, we have from holidays to I would like to discuss some casual menswear. And I'm going to blow your minds now because a lot of people I don't think realize that these things exist. I'd like to talk about Abercrombie sweatpants jeans. So. I would like to re just jump back not too long ago because I started taking up um, being like a denim head as a hobby. And, and look, lo and behold, here I am, podcast. Like, I kind of have some hobbies. <laughs> some hobbies. So there was this little window of time when I was researching and getting into, um, you know, I had to buy raw denim and salvage denim. And I would, um, see, like, there's this whole. If you're not aware of this, there's this whole subculture on the internet of um, people like like fading. You know, it's it's just like through wear and tear and and wearing these raw and then how like getting the shrink to fit and getting these different patterns and fades. Just the whole the works. Uh, so the fact that I ventured into this terrain would cause past me to punch this current me straight in the face. Um, but. These are some very comfortable jeans. I'm currently wearing them right now. They are billed as sweatpants jeans if you search, you know, the Abercrombie website. It's it's not so much that they're sweatpants, like Abercrombie sweatpants. Uh, it's more of like a hybrid material because obviously, I mean, denim is cotton. But they are so soft and, I, I mean, I... The, everything about them they're great <laughs> like, like I could I'm in them now normally if I'm in any other pair of pants like you know the dockers from work or just or one of my other like jeans like the, the raws or the, the, the selvage as soon as I get home boom real sweatpants come on shorts come on super comfy I don't have to switch out of these in order to lounge on the couch I'm getting the dirtiest looks from Bailey right now um so <laughs> I'm also going to throw out that they are very light. They are airy. Um, the website, I wanted to do just to make sure that they are available. Um, they're listing them now as a special edition, so I would move quickly if you're interested in them. For the women, I wanted to see if uh, they had an equivalent. So they do, but they call it the all-way stretch. All-way stretch. And um, I'm assuming that that's... Probably nothing new for you ladies, because to you guys, these are just jeans or leggings <laughs> or jeggings, if, as it were. All right, apparently Bailey's not chiming in here. Beca uh, because, <laughs> ladies, my husband now wears women's jeans. They're not women's jeans. They, they are, are men's jeans. Because the jeans you are wearing are, are very the comfortable. same jeans that have been in Forever 21. No, they're at, this they're, was Abercrombie, though. This is no, the men's section. I'm, because they put a men's tag on them. 
they feel, just to give you guys an idea. So you know how women's jeans are stretchy and kind of soft. They're not real denim. I mean, unless you got those big bucks, you're not wearing those real denim jeans. You buy the Forever 21 or the Target um, jeans, which are denim, but they're really soft and stretchy. Well, Abercrombie decided to put a tag on it that says men's, and now my husband wears women's jeans. They're not women's, they're, they are men's jeans. They um, are incredibly comfortable. I will use these uh, for like a Friday casual day. They're a nice dark wash. Um, I, of course, still have my raw and my selvage. That those are still like the go-to. Those are like the dress-up days. But you know, if it's a casual day or if I'm able to get away with something a little bit, because she's still just shaking her head at me. Um, I don't like. I, if you want to wear them, go you. Yeah. Oh, well, I know. I know, and I don't have anything against Abercrombie and their jeans or anything like that. That's fine. They can do whatever they want to do, and you know. But they're they look like jeans that I have, so that's fine. But for men, so if you are interested, after uh, the great debate, I am giving them a four out of five skinny legs. Yeah. Skinny stretch. Skinny stretch. <laughs> That's where it's at. Indeed. Moving on to the next topic of video games. So there's only one for this week. Um, it's going to be on the WWE 2K16 for the PS4. I know I said I wasn't going to use any licensed music, but I'm hoping that they kind of let me slide on having the glass shatter there because it's awesome. I've only had a few hours of playing with it, but I wanted to get my initial thoughts out there since the game was just released this past Tuesday. I've been a fan of the games ever since um, their inception back in 2000. It was the SmackDown game for the PlayStation. Uh, I was super jealous of the No Mercy line of games. Uh, on the Nintendo 64, but SmackDown was good enough. Uh, it was much better than the old WWF Attitude game, which was made by Acclaim, and they also had another string. They had ECW and a couple other ones, but they were awful. So it was much better. Um, I've been generally buying the uh, SmackDown series, which then turned into the 2K series every year. Um, occasionally, I'll pass on one here or there. I know a fan favorite is uh, Here Comes the Pain, which featured Brock Lesnar um, back in maybe 03 or 04. Um, so I was going to pass on this year because I had last year's wrestling game. And the only reason I bought 2K15 was because I wanted a wrestling game on the PS4. I had 2K13 for the PS3, but since that's no longer the primary system, I wanted to get an upgrade. So last year... Um, the game tended to drag. Uh, the The gameplay you know, is fun early on, but it gets repetitive. Um, the It was a very bland character creation mode. They did allow you to uh, snap a picture of your face or logos and then import them, but it was very time-consuming. And honestly, I didn't think it turned out all that well anyway. So uh, I played as long as I could, um, in my story mode, I made it just to Raw in order to unlock Adrian Neville, but I never even really used him because, again, boredom set in. 
So it was played sporadically throughout last year, um, and I was going to skip this year's, but I saw IGN gave it an 8.8. I asked my wife nicely this weekend if I could plunk down 60 bucks for this new game, and uh, she fortunately said yes. So the big selling point was the roster size, because there, there are 120 playable characters this year. But what really uh, sucked me in was reading how um, they have a new reversal system. It was completely retooled. You now get a finite number of them, which varies depending on your character. So if you have somebody very technical like a Bret Hart, you get five reversal slots. Well, you know, an oaf, <laughs> that's hurtful. But, um, you know, someone who's not exactly a mat technician like Ryback only gets three. Now, these slots do regenerate over time, but you have to pick and choose your spot. So you're going to take more damage. Uh, you're going to have to incorporate some kind of psychology. That right there has completely sold me on the game. Uh, normally, I play, it takes me like two or three hours to create myself just because I love that mode, but it, it's very time-consuming to not only detail yourself, but then your move set. Rather than do that, I wanted to jump right into the gameplay, so I was playing the 2K showcase mode, which is essentially their story mode where it takes you, you know, each version has a selling point. Um, one year was the Attitude Era, last year were classic rivalries, this year was Stone Cold Steve Austin. So since Austin's my favorite wrestler, I was like, this is a no-brainer. I hopped right in there. Um, I'm definitely committing myself to finishing his story. And uh, anyway, so I've been playing through. Matches are great. And um, I've been playing on only the normal difficulty, which I will get bored of within an hour of playing. But honestly, with, with this new psychology uh, and reversal system, I'm finding myself challenged, very challenged for the, for the most part. Uh, I'm not, that's not to say I'm not going to bump up because I probably will. But... As of right now, the normal difficulty is giving me a challenge. Um, and again, the ring psychology, I can't get, can't get enough of it. I'm already thinking about playing it again. I can't wait. Uh, so even though I reserve my right to always update my rating down the road, as of right now, I'm giving it a tentative four out of five reversal slots. And honestly, I think I'm going to be playing this game for quite some time. Our final little bit of everything today is in regards to the MLB postseason, which just wrapped up. This past week, would like to congratulate the Kansas City Royals on their World Series victory. It was hard fought, and you know, statistically, they scored the most runs I think in the history of the World Series or history of the postseason from the seventh inning on. Uh, they they just they were clutch. I also wanted to congratulate the Mets on their surprising run to the World Series. I don't think anyone anticipated them even sniffing a postseason berth, let alone making it all the way to the World Series. It's unfortunate they couldn't extend the series because, I mean, like, I was enjoying every, I was enjoying the series. I was enjoying um, just playoff baseball in general. I thought this postseason um, was one of the better ones in recent history. Uh, I am a Yankee fan, being that I was born and raised in New Jersey, but I'm not one of those that I... I pull for both. I mean, you know, I'm not just like totally one way and I hate the other. Um, I'm a Yankee fan. Those are those are my boys. However, um, I do pull for the Mets. I mean, I've had a history of, uh, you know, going to Mets games and pulling for them um, throughout my life. So, they, you know, they, I have a little piece of them near and dear to my heart. 
so it was a, it was really surprising and really great to see them with this uh, with this postseason run. They are, I mean, the biggest thing is their pitching staff is unreal. They're so good. It's a like a ninety six, ninety five Atlanta Braves rotation, but they're young. They're exciting. They're they throw so hard. It makes me very jealous. Uh, so I think for the Mets, without uh, making this a whole sports talk segment, they definitely need some more bats in their lineup for next year. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, they have the pitching. They have the arms that they're going to be competitive for, for many years as long as they can hang on to all those guys. But, yeah, they, uh, it was really neat to have so many fun young teams in the playoffs. I think that uh, the sport needed that a little bit. So, it's, it is again, it's a shame that the Mets couldn't extend the series out. I don't think they were going to win it overall. Uh, I really just felt like it was the Royals' time. Um, I really believe in sports destiny. Uh, I think it's a thing. I don't think necessarily it's a hundred percent, but if if there you know if two teams are squaring off for a championship, uh, destiny tends to favor the, the team with the story. Uh, the, the Royals are they were back, you know, in their second year in the World Series, back to back years. Plus, you had the storyline with. Um, I believe it was Volquez. I should have actually researched this, but one of the Royals pitchers lost his father after his, um, I think it was Game 2 or Game 3 victory. Oh, no, wait, here it is. Okay, so so it was Volquez. Um, he threw Game 1, and they actually withheld the news of his father's passing. Um, it was his wife's decision um, because it was the biggest start of his career. So we didn't find out until afterwards. He then proceeded to throw in... Game five, which um, ended up clinching the series for them. So, like I said, I mean, that's a. <laughs> this is where history writes itself. I mean, he had the story, and the team had their story. This is literally written for Hollywood. Um, even in my personal life, I still play in an amateur men's baseball league on Sundays, and my we've been together since 2010, and uh, every year we would have these great seasons and make it to the postseason and we ended up losing two consecutive years in the championship so 2014 we make it back one last time and that friday that so if our championship game was on a sunday the friday beforehand i got married and we went out on that sunday and won the championship and capped off probably the greatest weekend of my life so it's a, it's a thing. I, I assure you, it is a thing. The Royals were just favored by the sports gods. So, um, again, I, I mean, I don't want to dwell too much. I, there were a lot of mistakes that were made. Lucas Duda, man, if he just made that throw, just a halfway decent throw, just anything that hit Darno in the glove, uh, we would be looking forward to a game six. But it wasn't meant to be. And, and like I said, on the whole, the whole postseason wrap-up, uh, I'm going to go with a four out of five Daniel Murphy errors. Uh, Murph. Um, actually, Daniel Murphy had a tremendous postseason. Uh, he just he was on fire. He was on fire. He carried the Mets through the Dodgers and the Cubs. It is unfortunate that some fielding blunders um, led to their early exit in the World Series. But unfortunately, you know, that's just the way... The ball bounces, uh, the game breaks, 
the pigeons sing, the cookie crumbles, uh, the milk is spilled, and how championships are lost. And with that, uh, we have another episode in the books. Once again, I'd like to thank you all for tuning in. Uh, if you'd like to let me know anything that you agree or disagree with, um, with something I said here today, feel free to tweet me at Yimbo5, Y-A-M-B-O number five, or stop by my Tumblr at YimboReviewsEverything.tumblr.com. Uh, I'm constantly updating a list of things to review, so if something comes to mind that you'd like to hear me talk about, feel free to send me that as well. I spend a lot of time researching things before I buy them, plus I also buy a lot of things. So that was part of also the impetus to, to even do this podcast. So if there's anything I can do to help you decide on if something is worth your time or money, I'll definitely consider that a win. I look forward to our next go around, but until then, this is Yimbo, and you've just been reviewed. <laughs>